Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Poke the Bear, episode 158, presented by our good friends over at FanDuel. Connor, we love FanDuel. We love FanDuel, and and I know our listeners do as well. Uh, it has been a long time, so you know FanDuel is our, our good friend now. Uh, but that is Connor Ryan. I am Evan Marinovsky. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. It's uh first week of August, which is crazy. Training camp is feels like it kind of right around the corner you know it's it's like a little over a month away so uh that should be very interesting but uh, the last big erection no it's not the last big piece of Bruins news to drop but one of the last offseason Bruins news uh pieces of news to drop uh came earlier this week Jeremy Swayman uh got his contract Trent Frederick got his contract Swayman comes in at one year 3.475 million and Frederick gets two years at 2.3 million per uh Connor were any of these surprising to you? Um, I wouldn't say so. I mean, I, I think you look at Swayman and what he got paid, it more or less was a kind of a 50-50 compromise in terms of what the team offered and what he was looking for. Uh, so 3.4 more or less falls right in the middle there. So I think you have to take that if you're the Bruins when you look at just how good Jeremy Swayman has been uh, with this team at this young stage of his career. So that was to be expected. Um, there's people who I think were projecting that Frederick was going to get 1.7, 2 million, whatever. Like, I still think when you look at what his, you know, his jump in production was last year, um, it made sense when you look at a few other guys, other comparables as third line players, uh, that he was going to get a little over two. So I wouldn't say there's necessarily any surprises with what the final payout was. It's now, I think just what's next for those two players, right. In, in terms of what their roles are going to be, we kind of, Talked about Frederick quite a bit on Bruins beat uh, earlier this week, but that's one where if you're getting paid 2.3 million, it's, you know, let's see what dude you can do in a featured role, right? Like, I don't think he's going to be a top six player, but he could be the guy that's given the keys to the third line, the three C spot, if he's fighting with uh, Morgan Kiki for that role. So, you know, what is Frederick? Is he a guy who took a step forward, but also had a pretty, you know, uh, impressive shooting percentage surge. Like that seems like it's bound to come back to earth. Like, can he be a consistent 15 to 20 goal scorer or is he going to take a step back in that regard? So um, as we, as you said before, Evan, we are always endorsing any player to get the bag, get paid, especially when they've had very good years as both those guys did. But now it's kind of the onus falls on the, the players themselves to continue to build off of that. I think Swayman, uh, and, you know, in particular, we know how important he's going to be 
as part of that tandem with Olmark, but uh, Frederick's going to be in a featured role. Like he was an important part of that third line, but he wasn't necessarily the driver uh, of that unit. Yeah, there's going to be a lot more responsibility falling on his shoulders this year and a pretty critical spot in the lineup. So it's going to be uh, key for the Bruins to have him take another big step forward after getting this new two-year deal. Yeah, I think over the course of this two-year deal, we mentioned in our Bruins beat, it's a bridge deal. It's sort of a prove-me deal. You know, you have every opportunity. You mentioned responsibility. On the other side of it, it's a lot of opportunity he has to, you know, sort of solidify his role in the NHL. Is he going to be sort of a third line passenger or is he going to drive play? Can he play center? Um, And I think you're sort of going to find that out, or at least you hope to find that out over these two years. And then after that, you know, if this is a guy who can get you 20 goals every year and be a, you know, legitimate piece, then he gets more in his next deal, right? If he kind of is in and out of the lineup and up and down lines and not really producing a lot, then, you know, that'll, it'll reflect that in the, in the next contract. Swayman's interesting though, because I think we both were on team bridge deal with Frederick. That was not going to be a long-term thing. Uh, Swayman, though, a little bit different. Uh, I think you and I both were in agreement that if you could get something long-term done uh, to get him locked up, you know, four or five years uh, at a price that might seem a little expensive now, but cheaper down the road, uh, it would be good. But again, I think it goes back to they don't have the cap space. Like, you're you're not... You know, next offseason, I think that's sort of the the goal here is you get Swayman into the year and then next offseason, you can give him more. You can give him longer term. You will have more uh, cap space. Obviously, you hope you do other stuff with that cap space, too. But, um, you know, in a perfect world. Yeah. Now, again, I don't know. Like we mentioned, you know, signing him long term to a deal that, you know, won't look so bad in the future uh, to avoid potentially down the road him commanding, you know, 10 million or something like that. I don't know if that's going to happen in a year. Like, I think, again, he's going to be splitting the net with Olmark, right? And, you know, he's not going to be, unless Olmark goes down with an injury, he's not going to be playing an absurd amount of games. You know, maybe he's has a huge jump and he's in talks for the Vesna and things like that, but that's still only one year. So I do think for the Bruins, you still next offseason can negotiate a long-term deal with him that's fair for him, but it's not going to kill the team going forward. Yeah, no, it's you kind of said it, Evan, where you look at just what, you know, hands, what what kind of hand they were dealt this offseason with how little cap space they had. As you said, would they have loved to have offered him a six year deal at 4.5, 5, whatever, and just, you know, walk that in? That would have been so good. Of course, you'd like to do that. Again, if the Bruins, you know, believe that he can be a uh, number one goalie for for the foreseeable future, which I believe they, they think he can be that. Um, but again, that just wasn't feasible this year. So I think when you look at what their options were after finding out what his salary was going to be this year, either sending him to a one or two year deal at this point, you kind of said it where you look at next offseason when you have uh, a lot more cap flexibility, why not, you know, if you're going to kick this problem down the road, do it next year where he takes maybe another step forward instead of two years down the road where he's had two really good years. I mean, who the hell knows what happens two years down the road, whether he's, the number one goalie anyway, what Olmark is or, or where exactly he fits into the, into this team and the lineup. But if you're the Bruins and you want to, you know, cross this off your to-do list sooner rather than later, might as well, you know, bridge the gap this one year and then try to find him long-term next year. Cause I think the longer you push this off, let's say it was like a, uh, they signed him to like a three or four year deal. Yeah. That's more term that helps you out, but you're setting yourself up for if he plays at a high level, what's that paycheck going to be in, you know, 
makes you feel old, but like 2027, 20, right? <laughs> then all of a sudden you're looking at if, if he's what you think he is and he's, as you said, puts himself into the upper tier of elite goaltenders, then you're really paying a, a steep price. So if he continues to build off of what you saw last year, forms a really good tandem with Olmark. They split those reps. Um, barring something really catastrophic in terms of injuries, the defense falling apart, both guys should continue to post really good numbers. Like if you do that for one more year, then you set yourself up to, you know, extend him long-term. It fits in with what we've mentioned and what we've seen time and time again with this team in terms of setting that foundation for the future. If you're able to, after next year, where guys have taken more steps forward and you can build off of guys like Pasternak and, and McAvoy and Lindholm and all these guys sign long-term and adding a guy like Swimming to the mix, makes plenty of sense. Just was not feasible this year with what little cap space you had. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I like the one year because you can just, Again, you're kicking this to next season. Now, again, if next offseason you sign him to a one or two year deal or even a three year deal, I'm going to hate that, you know, unless he was te- unless he's like terrible this year. Right. But like if it's next offseason, if it's two or three, like this was my issue with the the McAvoy thing back in 2019 when they signed him. Was it like, was that a three year deal they they nabbed him at uh, before the, the long term deal? I didn't like it because. You know, you have a good idea that he's going to blossom into, you hope, at least a top 10 defenseman in the NHL. Now he's pretty much top five. And his value soared in those three years. Now, if you, at the time, had nabbed him at six, seven years and given him, I don't know, what was feasible then? Six, seven million, right? Like, I don't, I forget their cap situation back in 2019. It couldn't have been amazing. But if you could have, if you could have done that, you avoid now again his contract will be fine going forward as the cap goes up and this and that but you probably could have saved yourself some money with McAvoy uh earlier on and maybe you know that makes a bigger contract down the road but again I like that they just went with a year here because again it wasn't as you said it wasn't feasible um to do it to do a long-term deal this offseason but it brings up an interesting point is there a way to create additional cap space because I'll be honest I was reading some stories this morning and they, I think it was in the athletic and, or was in the athletic. Uh, and uh, they were writing a story about Elias Lindholm, uh, you know, and, and the, the trade partners and the perfect fits. And they said, well, the Bruins are the perfect fit. They need him. He would, you know, he's a good, solid defensive center. Uh, I think he comes in at like 4.8 million for his final year uh, this year. So it wouldn't be anything crazy. Um, there's just one issue. The Bruins don't really have anything to trade <laughs> and they can't really compete with your Carolinas and your Columbuses and, and some of those teams. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, is there a way to create additional cap space? Because if you are good and you need to make moves at the deadline this upcoming year, you're going to need some space. I mean, is there anything they can do in these fi- in this final month of the summer? Yeah, it's going to be very tricky in terms of shedding a, a lot of cap space without, without subtracting probably useful players off the roster. I mean, even if you look at it right now, if barring them making any other move, you're probably rolling out a 22-man uh, roster uh, to open the year, right, just to make the money work. So you're already kind of limiting your depth in that regard. But, um, you know, are you looking at waving another guy like a Zaboral, sending him down to Providence to be clears down there and saving another million against the cap? Um, you know, could Forbert be a guy that, could be on his way out if that's the if that's the case, and they're really desperate. Which again, even though uh, he can maybe be somewhat of a you know uh, divisive player, I think Fulbert still has value if he's just slotted in as your third pairing PK guy. Like you don't want to give him up 
from nothing or just send, you know, kind of the same with Mike Riley, where I think we wrote through an agreement that uh, even if he maybe has some flaws in his game, he shouldn't be spending the entire year down in Providence. Uh, Correct. Shouldn't be the case for a guy like Fulbert as well, right? So um, they're going to have to get very creative because, again, would they like to shed another three, four million in cap space? Yeah, but, I mean, look at this offseason where so many teams were just, you know, uh, stuck in purgatory because of that cap space. They didn't want to either take on money, send money out. Um, it's just everything's gridlocked right now. So it's going to be easier said than done. You know, it's going to be a very, very busy and hectic uh, year, I think, for Evan Gold because there's no easy way to really kind of manufacture that much cap space when it seems like they are going to be doing uh, quite a bit. I don't think Lauco is going to be the guy that's going to be in the situation again, but it's going to very much feel like there's going to be a few guys that are going to be up and down on the transaction wire all year long just to kind of make that make that money work. Yeah, I I, I just I, I don't think I mean again if they make a trade, then you know you have to f- send players back in that deal or a, a subsequent deal. Um I mean let's say in a perfect world, let's say they do trade for Lindholm this offseason, right? Let's say that the contract talks at Calgary go south and uh you know Craig Conroy has to trade uh Lindholm and he he, he trades him he wants to trade him in the Bruins for some reason. Um you know, whatever the, the package is, you're going to need to clear some space. And, you know, if you do get a Lindholm, you have to think you're not only going to lose, you know, pieces going back in that deal, but you're also probably going to lose pieces dealing roster players to other teams, just like sort of like a Taylor Hall trade and not that drastic, but let's say it was a Forbert, right? You're not getting anything for him. You're not getting a single thing for, for Derek Forbert in that situation at all. So uh, teams will know that they kind of have you, uh, you know, and, and so again, I, I don't think there's a clear path. It's not like, Oh, you know, you're gonna have to trade Taylor Hall here. Like there's nothing clear here. Um, and again, they don't have to at the current moment, but I think a little breathing room wouldn't, wouldn't hurt. Um, but again, we'll sort of, we'll sort of see there's a buyout window, right. Coming in the next like 24 hours. Correct. And it's only it, for guys yeah. over 4 million. Yeah, exactly. That's the biggest hurdle. I think if you were looking at that and it wasn't a, a cap, uh, you know, kind of parameter there, then maybe it is, again, forward's a useful player, but maybe you have to kind of bite the bullet in that regard, but it doesn't seem like that's feasible, obviously, with just the way the, the salary works in terms of how much he commands uh, on, on their books. So, uh, again, that's one where it could be useful, but if there's anyone you want to uh, remove from the roster, it has to be a pretty vital player that, if you're the Bruins, you're hoping is part of what, you know, is a grouping of this next kind of wave of talent that you hope is competitive this upcoming year. So I don't really see an avenue for them to do that just through the uh, through the bio window. Yeah, I, I don't see that uh, as feasible either. Um, it just doesn't. I mean, you're, not, you're done dealing away top roster players again, unless you do the Lindholm route or you trade for someone, uh, which I, you know, I'm going to be honest now with the Bruins lock Lindholm will re-sign in Calgary to a huge contract and that like the hurdle remember that and it's like oh what are you what are you sticking around here for um but even then like I I just I I think in some way and I know it's not as interesting but it feels like wouldn't be the the worst thing in the world if they waited for a center next offseason and sort of saw what they had with Coyle and Zaka down the middle. I don't think it's a long-term solution at all. I think they right. just sort of tread. We said this last year, tread water, which last year they, they, they did more than tread water. They, they friggin' walked on it. Um, but again, I just look at, you know, uh, maybe you can 
skate by this year with, with Coyle and Zaka. And then you look at next off season. Now, the other one other thing uh, that they have to sort of consider is they don't have a first, second or third round pick next year, which you have to find a way to get back in that you have to find a way to get either a second, a first would be tough, but I mean, to me, I think the most important thing is you have to draft in the first three rounds next year. Um, I don't know how you do it. Um, You'd have to give up something legitimate because draft picks are worth quite a lot. Um, But again, I just, I I think that, you know, something needs to be done um, for that. I think you can skate by, with uh, Coyle and Zaka, I, I don't know if you can get by with uh, with no first, second, or third round pick next year uh, for that. That's something that we can dive into more uh, another day because uh, I think we're going to hit on that a lot this uh, this current right you know this upcoming season. Uh, speaking of things for this current season, the captaincy it is open, uh, and we assume we assume our our prediction is David Krejci doesn't come back, and that's not insider info. We're just predicting. Um, so we're going to go with Krejci's not in, co- in the conversation for this. Uh, who is your next captain, Connor? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's Marchand. Uh, I can see the argument for maybe opting for someone younger, but I think when you're going through this kind of transition period for the Bruins, I still think you want a veteran, steadying kind of presence back there. And again, Marchand, they cut from a different club, Char Bergeron, but he's kind of that last remaining link from that that kind of error that you have there. And again, this is the guy that you ask anyone, either Marchand himself or his former coaches, teammates. I mean, he was pretty much a, an understudy of Bergeron and really kind of uh, followed everything he did in terms of uh, his commitment, will to win leadership, all that stuff. So, um, and I also think he's just earned it from, you know, the, the journey he's been on. And yes, I'm sure if he is the one that gets the C on his sweater, uh, hockey Twitter, uh, opposing fan bases might lose their minds. But I think for anyone who's kind of seen his growth, see how he's viewed in that locker room, his accountability, accessibility, all that stuff, I think it's kind of a no-brainer, even if it is for a short term, you know, two, three, four years in terms of how much he wants to keep on playing uh, Brad Marchand at 35. But um, I think in terms of the merit, uh, you know, his relationship with Bergeron, all those kind of things, I think it, I think it's a no-brainer in my book, but I can also see why maybe they're looking through a different lens in terms of looking a little bit longer term in terms of other, again, deserving candidates that are still on this roster. Yeah, I understand the McAvoy thing. I do. Uh, the comments he made in the in that, uh, you know, Au Revoir, Patrice Bergeron <clears throat> video uh, were, you know, uh, telling. I, those were interesting. I You know, because you kind of watch those, you're like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's really nice. And then I was like, wait, w- what did he say? Mm-hmm. Um Marchand's a no-brainer. I, I gotta. I don't know. I, I think everyone's overthinking it. Um, again, maybe the team is looking towards the future. They've given McAvoy a ton of money. They've given Pasternak a ton of money. Those are sort of going to be the two pillars. I think they hope for the next ten years things project like that'll be the case. Uh, Marchand's been around so long, and I think he's done a lot uh, to to get away from the reputation he had at the beginning of his career. I think he's earned it. I think he's been a. You know, he's. He understands that culture. He was part of the building of that culture. Um, you mentioned the understudy at Bergeron. I think that's another big part of it. Um, it would be weird, I think. I mean, think about it. If they and again, it's I know it's you know it's the it's the captaincy, but it still is a big thing. It's still symbolic, uh, and you sort of go down in history, and you know you look at you know w- would it be really weird if McAvoy was captain and then there was Marshan as the assistant? Like, 
who was really the captain there. Like, I don't know. I, I think it's a really good opportunity to give Matt, to give Martian the C, let McAvoy and Pasternak sort of continue to study under Martian in that sense. And you have guys like Coyle and Carlo and, and some of your other you know, younger players coming through. Um, Martian is the C makes sense. Um, and again, I get the arguments for McAvoy, um, but I, I just, I, I think Martian should be it. He's been around so long. The other thing is like, I mentioned it'd be a little weird just to see like Martian with an A and a younger, a much younger player with a C because he's earned like Martian genuinely has earned it. Like, I don't know how, how, how much longer Martian has here, but I just think if you don't make Martian the captain, I don't know. I don't love that move. Like, you know, not that it would sour things, but like if Martian's not the captain, what are you keeping him around for? Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I get the on ice component, but I've said this to some other people and I might get some hate for this. And I've kind of hinted at it on, uh, on other, uh, other podcasts we've done. But like if an, if a general manager came in that had no connection to the Bruins, right? No connection looked at the situation and said, okay, they need a little bit of a retool here. It wouldn't shock me if that general manager said, you know, Marshan's a guy, if we don't make him captain, we could probably trade, get a lot for, and, you know, it's a palatable contract. He's still very valuable, but he did have double hip surgery last offseason. Like, that's a way to get back in the first round. Um, but if you make him captain, then it's like, oh, that's a guy you want here. He's worth it. You're going to get production from. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think Martian as captain makes the most sense. So, yeah, I don't know. absolutely. I agree. No, I, again, I don't think you have to overthink it. Uh, it's it, it just makes, I think, the most sense, especially just in the show. Even if it's for a few years, I think he's he's well earned it. Yeah, I, I I'm fine with that. I you know obviously yes, people on Twitter will say, oh, is it gonna lick everybody? You know this and then it's like no. Like, I understand the opposing fan base is getting all bent out of shape about it, but um, again, I think he's earned it and uh, he's he deserves it. And uh, it'd, it'd be interesting to see how if he changes his his uh, you know how he you know he's very open with with media and stuff. And I'm curious like if that changes if he's if he's named captain. Um, but yeah, I think he, he earns it. And I think they'll the Bruins will do something fun for it. You know, they'll have some sort of rollout for it or they'll do it during camp. Or like remember when the 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 Char retired and they or Char got traded or not traded, he signed with the caps and uh they had the they gave the C to Marshan. Maybe they can do it for real this time. So um anyways, that has been this episode. Of course, brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel. Connor, uh what can people look forward to from you over at Boston.com and the Boston Globe? Yeah, we're going to be covered uh, throughout the soft seasons. Wait for any other uh, remaining news. I think we'll finally be able to start looking at lineup projections, younger players that can make an impact on this Bruins lineup. Um, again, I've been over at Patriots training camp this whole week as well, so I have you covered on stuff beyond just hockey. Is that um, a sunburn on your stuff. neck, or is it the lighting? Uh, I think it's definitely a sunburn, a little bit. <laughs> I it's say, not, that's where you got it. <laughs> yeah, I have a uh, a dreadful sunburn on my legs. It like looks comical. I, I don't want to stand up to show it because it looks. Yeah, don't like do it's that, or red. don't do like don't put your yeah. leg up in the in the shot or something. You yes, exactly. I want like I'm wearing like boxers or anything like that. I'm not. I'm wearing shorts, <laughs> but uh, but I'm in quite a bit of pain today, Evan. Uh, I've learned my lesson. It's a little bit different from going to a rink every day where you can wear a nice little zip up sweatshirt, all that good stuff. Uh, not afforded that luxury uh, covering football. But again, when we read all of my stuff over at boston.com, please do that. Our staff is great. We have a whole bunch of stuff throughout uh, the season for all the major sports in Boston. So please do that. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. 
go do all that. It's funny you mentioned the being out at, outside. You know, I was saying to someone recently at a rink, I was like, you know, rinks can be really cold, but we never deal with the elements. You don't have to deal with rain and snow and muddy grass. It's just cold, but it's like man-made cold, you know, so it's it's yeah. not it's not bad. Bring, a, we'll, bring some layers. You'll, you'll we'll fine. take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. But anyway, that's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Poke the Bear listeners. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you.